Hello everyone, welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gates weekly podcast. I am Mario Salinas, sharing an insight of the day with you. And I'm very happy today to begin uh, my series of podcasts that I'll be recording. And I have decided to have a story as the backdrop for each of these insights that I'll be bringing to you. And that will be the format that I will use throughout the time that I'll be sharing an insight of the day on these podcasts. Today, the story brings us to my military days and to the days when I served in the uh, Greek Special Forces, in in particular Cypriot Green Berets. Uh, From the age of 18 to 20, every young uh, male in Cyprus is required to serve in the military and I went through my time of military from 88 to 90 and during that time there are some things that have remained in my mind and in my memory as significant um, happenings but also things that left a mark in me in terms of the message that continually proclaim in my life And one of the most unforgettable nights for me in the Green Beret unit that I served in, it was a combat unit. There are only two combat units out of the four Green Beret units on the island. And ours was nestled in the mountains and at the very base of a very famous mountain that has a monastery up on top of it called Stavrovuni. And our combat unit had a very rich history Uh, because those who had served out of that unit had been involved in many confrontations with the Turkish forces in 1974. And even before that, that unit was renowned for its bravery and for for the, the quality of men that would serve in it. So it was very difficult to, of course, make it through special forces training selection program, but also Uh, even more difficult to make it into that unit. And it was a great honor to have a part in that that particular uh, season in the Green Beret Special Forces of Cyprus, and in particular in that combat unit 33 uh, commando unit, it's called, of, um, of the Special Forces. So this particular night we were scheduled to do a night drill that would involve using um, compasses to find various things that would be buried that had been buried on top of hillsides in in the vicinity of our of our unit Uh, i would say within a five mile radius from our unit there were uh, about a dozen peaks and we had names for them Um, We had nicknames for them that the soldiers gave to them depending on the difficulty of ascending them or something that was characteristic of them. For example, there was one that we named 390 and it was because its elevation was 390 meters. There was another one that uh, was named something else um, based on the shape that it had. It reminded us of something. I can't say it because if I did, it wouldn't make sense to most people, but to to a Greek Cypriot speaking that particular dialect, naming that mountain, that particular name made a lot of sense because of the way it looked from a certain angle. So these peaks were um, anywhere from 
medium to hard to ascend, especially at night. And on top of the actual uh, climbing of the mountains to get to the peaks, we had to use our compasses to actually find um, the particular things that were buried and use some coordinates and things like that. So I don't, I don't remember much more about that. It's called a land nav, land navigation exercise. And that's all I remember from what we had to do. But unfortunately that evening, uh, the drill was gonna begin at 7 p.m. And we were to assemble in the, in the assembly area where we assembled every morning for roll call and so on uh, at around five minutes to seven. And then at seven, we would march out once roll call was taken and then we would go out to the assignments. Well, at 5 p.m. that afternoon, it had started to rain. Now this was late fall, um, late fall or early winter. I don't remember exactly the date or the month, but I remember that the cold had started to set in, like winter cold had started to set in. And because of the elevation we were at and because of the, the dynamic of the mountain uh, and, and the wind coming up from the valley and going up from our base up the mountain and sometimes bouncing off the mountain back on us, it was, it was often very cold in our unit, even colder than it would be in other parts of the surrounding uh, villages and cities. And uh, I remember that particular night was a miserable, cold, wet, cold-like night. It, it is one thing if it's raining and it's warm. It's another thing if it's raining and it's cold and it's windy. And it was all those three. It was the perfect storm in terms of m being miserable. And though we had ponchos, of course, um, you know, camo ponchos that we would wear, uh, it's impossible not to get soaked if you're doing any kind of um, of mountain climbing uh, at night when you can't see different things that you bump into like bushes and, and brush and so on that is soaking wet. You're going to get it on your clothes. And by the end of the night, we knew that if we embarked on this, we would be soaking wet. <clears throat> and um, I remember us coming down into the field and assembling and uh, during the few minutes we were kind of standing there in, in um, at ease so to speak that's the position that we were in at ease uh, before we would like snap to attention as our commanding officer would come the commander of the base would always address us before heading out and there would be a, a certain protocol of, of the different um, uh, commanders of the various battalions or the um, in this case the companies so the company commanders would take roll from the officers and then would take a roll call from the officers and then they would report uh, as company commanders to the assistant commander of the unit who would then report to the commander of the unit and that was the protocol every single day at least once a day sometimes more than that if we, ha we had to go out of the unit and then when we would return we would have to do that just to make sure everybody's accounted for and anybody who's been in any kind of uh, regimented type of environment and especially military understands what I'm talking about and so as we were getting ready to do this roll call we were absolutely frustrated and miserable we were already wet because we'd been standing there. And one of the worst things, by the way, about being a soldier and getting wet is not yourself getting wet, it's your weapon getting wet. 
because once water gets into anything that's metal, you you this is a a, a time uh, sensitive matter. You have to get that water out, and you have to oil that gun and clean it out, and get all the water out, dry it up, and then put oil through it so it doesn't rust out. Because a rusted barrel will get you into the brig so quick in the special forces. I don't know how it is in other units, but our weapon was the most sacred thing we had. And so we all had our weapons already soaking wet and we hadn't even, even left the base. So you can imagine the frustration, the disillusionment in us. And, and we were going to have a long, miserable night, muddy, wet. It, 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 I, I hope you get the picture. And so that night when the commander came after the um, assistant commander of the unit, the, the second in command, reported to him, uh, that everyone was in that everybody was attending, that there was full attendance of everyone was there, everybody was accounted for. He got up, our commander, and he put his hands behind his back. He called us from attention to be at ease, and and you know there's a certain particular way that we do that in the special forces. Our 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 legs rise to 90 degrees, and then we slam them down at the same time. And there's great training that goes into doing that and uh, to, for us to be synchronized when we do it. And there's a pretty powerful moment when, when 125 Green Berets slam their left foot down, either, either because they're coming into attention or at ease. And we were at ease after all this went down and the commander put his hands behind his back and he, and he, he boomed his voice. He was one of the skinniest people I've ever met, like one of the thinnest people literally that I have ever met in my life. His my his bicep was maybe the size of my wrist he was a thin skinny dude but bold as a lion and he had the voice that would boom like it was coming through a speaker he was gifted in such an extraordinary way as a leader and as a communicator and with that booming voice that was echoing off the mountain that was to our left he said these words, he said, commandos, and he had this really rough, powerful voice, and he was like, commandos, he said, this night is the night we've been waiting for. The conditions on this night are ideal for what we are about to do. It couldn't be better than this. I'm paraphrasing, but that's in essence what he was saying. He said, our enemy will cower in his tents on a night like this. Our enemy will seek the warmth of a fire on a night like this. But we, when we are least expected to pounce upon our enemy, will be moving in a night like this because this night, the rain and the cold and the wind are our strongest allies. And I tell you, there was this, there was this ripple effect of inspiration going through our ranks in a way that I haven't felt it many times in my life. There were 125 grumbling soldiers moments before who are now ready to take on the world. There was something about the way he said that. And just as we were getting inspired um, and getting all fired up inside from what he just said, he continued and he said, in fact, it is such a perfect night that I will lead the way and take you up these mountains to find what you're looking for. 
and without a poncho, and without, he asked somebody to go get his rifle, and without a poncho, with just a hat on that would keep the rain from his face, he got ahead of all of us and led us up those mountains. I will never forget that. There was not one of us that complained. We were all so fired up by it. I still am to this day when I think about it. There's something about special operators in special forces units like that. And in any place where there's that level of training, it's that the conditions that make most people run away are the conditions that make those who are committed at that level to run into the trial, into the impossibility, into the very fire that most people run away from. And that is an element of the kingdom that I believe in this day, we, when we are facing trial and adversity from many fronts, even as I'm recording this, the coronavirus is something that is still wreaking havoc in different countries, in economies, and in people's lives. This is the time for us to rise up and to recognize that the conditions are ideal for the best in us that's been deposited by Yahweh in our lives to come forth and to manifest so that there is a declaration of the gospel that doesn't come by speaking, but it comes from us positioning and posturing ourselves in Him to be a demonstration of the gospel to a world that so desperately needs hope and life and joy and direction and strategy. I believe that adversity has the capacity to bring out the best in us. And we were made for such a time as this. And we will rise above everything that comes against us. Because we are those special operators and the elite of God on this earth right now. And we have an opportunity to unite our hearts, to unite our voices, to unite even our initiatives at time, to come together as one collective body of sons that says no to the fear and no to the conspiracies and no to all these things that are coming against us to convince us that we are less than the circumstances that we are facing. What is in us is so powerful if we would just tap into it. So I encourage you with this. I encourage you with that particular excerpt from my life that has remained with me to this day that the most difficult circumstances you may be facing could be the very catalyst for the best in you to come forth. Let it be so. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Shalom.